Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two for Tuesday. <laughs> Double Shot Tuesday today, songs that tell a story. This would be a biggie. We had a lot of songs that tell a story. We did a bunch of songs. Now let's talk some football with Matt Michelle. Orlando Sentinel, who uh, joined us. Matt? Let's check out yep, the latest in college football with the Orlando Sentinels, Matt Michelle. Catch Matt on Twitter at OSMattMichelle. All right, Matt Michelle uh, talks uh, college football, college sports with us. But Matt, I, I I just saw you tweeting like everybody else. You want to share a thought on a headline that nobody thought they'd see today: the PGA Tour and Live merging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, the old headline writer and me wanted to use the headline Mulligan oh. uh, for this is a story. So because uh, I feel like this is kind of where we're at. We, we started this what is it a year, two years ago, eighteen months, and now we're back to this point. And as, as I tweeted that someone. You know, money always wins out in these situations, and I think it came down to probably the money. And, and in the end, um, I think the biggest surprise of this, this and, and this is kind of a similar way with a lot of these kind of deals, is that this was kept relatively quiet. We didn't see any sort of reports that this was going to happen. There are a lot of golfers you're seeing on Twitter right now, kind of stunned by this news, and, and uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how the PGA and, and, and Live kind of are able to get along over the next couple of years, and what they, what golf is going to actually going to look like in the sport. I think golf looked at college football conferences and say, you think you guys know what realignment and mergers are? Just watch this here for crying out loud. It's just unbelievable. I, I just kind of, uh, wow, so many things to get to, which we eventually uh, will. Okay, let's dive into some stuff here. Um, college football of Fame ballot uh, is out, and I think sometimes people don't follow it. It, it. It's always a big ballot with a bunch of names that have been there uh, uh, for years, but was there anything about this year's ballot that is uh, worthy of additional attention? Not so much. I mean, I, I think you look around. There's some names on the, on the ballot every year that always that just kind of stun me that some of these players aren't already in the College Football Hall of Fame. You know, that you wonder to yourself, how did this person not make it in there? You know, um, you know Michael Vick. You know, for his performance at, at Virginia Tech. You know, an incredible athlete. Um, you look at guys like Tim Couch. Um, you know, Ken Dorsey. You know, who who Miami quarterback. You know, who went to two national championship games and won a national title. Uh, you know, you look at some of the names here, Warwick Dunn, Peter Warwick, you know, outstanding players in their own right at Florida State. They're not in it. They've been on the ballot, I think, for a couple of years now. Uh, Garrison Hurst at Georgia. I mean, they're just, it's, it's such a who's who of, of, of great players, and yet you still, you know, it's, it's such an elite level to, to get into the Hall of Fame. So um, it's going to be interesting. And then you look at the, you look at the, uh, the coaching list this year. I thought the coaching list for the FBS was outstanding. I mean, you look at the fact that, you know, you get guys like Larry Coker, Mark D'Antonio, Rob Friedman, Frank Solich, Tommy Tuberville, guys who have been around for a while who, who uh, you know, who are there. And, and it's going to be interesting to see how many of these guys actually make it in, in, in a chance and make it into the Hall of Fame. All right, let's get to some other things uh, in, in, in college sports. Let's go uh, somewhat recap last week. Big 12 meetings in West Virginia. 
Um, Brett Yormark uh, and the conference handed out some big checks. Um, but still, there's the expansion talk out there. I'm curious your thoughts on, on your mark who have not met yet, and yet I find fascinating on many levels, but his strategy, Matt, seems to be, I'm going to remain public on expansion. I'll speak in vague, but I'll remain public, and I'm curious what your thoughts are about that strategy. I think he has leverage in whatever happens with the Big 12 but he has not hid the fact, hey, we're open, we're listening, and all sorts of stuff. What do you make of what appears to be his strategy on that topic? Yes. And you, you know, and I've gone through and know this just from the past, is most college uh, conference commissioners tend to shy away from being public about this kind of stuff. They don't want to talk about it. You know, they, they'd rather it be just whatever kind of rumors and speculation are out in, in, in you know, the media. But Brett has been very honest about this. He said this on Friday. I was on the I was on a Zoom call with him, and he talked about, listen, you know, we're, here's our criteria. He listed out criteria that they have when they're talking about expansion. He talked a little bit about, you know, what they're looking for. Mentioned some ideas that, listen, we'd love to go coast to coast. We'd love to expand our brand coast to coast. We're a national brand. This is a much different rhetoric than what we heard from Bob Bowsby, the former Big 12 commissioner, about two or three years ago. You know, when they were basically hanging on by a thread to try to get the, keep the Big 12 kind of relevant. Uh, now it, it's, it's almost like a, a, a position of power for, for Brett Yormack, that he's able to come out there and say, listen, this is what we're willing to do. We feel like we're in a good position, um, and, and we're going to do what it takes to, to make this work. And so if you're a Pac-12 uh, president or AD and you're listening to this, and you're thinking, oh, wow, they were interested in this, or you're another school like Memphis, let's say, or, or you know, Gonzaga or UConn, I mean, all of a sudden you realize, listen, this is a guy who's definitely confident. He's confident in what he's talking about. He knows what the plan is, and we're going to see if they, they're going to be able to move forward with it. Well, uh, where do you think that there's legitimate smoke? I mean, I don't know what this Colorado meeting is supposed to be today and, and, and Domino, and, I mean, I got nothing against UConn. Going to stores is difficult, but I, I just find it hard to believe that in that room he has uniform support of adding UConn as a full member and anybody other than a Pac-12 school. And, I, again, this is just me. I don't get the Gonzaga thing. How much value? And then he talks about decoupling basketball. He can't till twenty thirty two. Yeah, that, that was an interesting aspect about the call. Was he was asked about the idea of you know, he talked about how he felt like the basketball side of things was devalued. And I'm not sure if I devalue the basketball. I mean, the basketball has been the strongest thing over the last three or four years. You know, they've been one of the top conferences when it comes to basketball. I don't know if it's a, a, a lesser value than football. I mean, I would almost argue it's the, it's the flip. So. You know, um, the idea of bringing Gonzaga, I don't know if, if adding one more power piece on basketball is going to help out. I mean, you're already bringing in a couple good, strong uh, basketball programs in Houston. Uh, Cincinnati's had its, its moments at times. Uh, UCF did, you know, a couple of years ago. Um, so, you know, you're already bringing some of that in. I'm not a big fan of the UConn aspect. I think UConn, outside of basketball, I don't think UConn brings anything to, to, to the Big 12, except for the fact you have a, a – an inroad in New York, the New York area. And that's something that we've seen the Big 12 really kind of put a focus on. There's been a lot of, of kind of ventures in that New York, um, you know, area. So maybe that's the thinking there. I mean, again, you've got other schools. Memphis has been mentioned as well. Memphis, you know, might give you another piece in, in the South. I think if anything, if it's me, I think the Big 12 wants to go West. I think they want to add, they would love to add an Arizona. They would love to add a, an Arizona State. They would love to go farther West. Um, maybe even Oregon, Washington, who knows? I mean, but they would love to kind of expand that area west because I think that gives them the like coast-to-coast 
national appeal that he's been talking about. I'm not sure if UConn gives you that. I don't think it's Gonzaga gives you that. And and, and everything else, I, I think he's just waiting to see what happens at the back row. Nick Saban's a smart guy. He's a great coach, one of the greatest ever. But I think whenever he says things like he did last week, there's an agenda. He made the comment about, hey, we're kind of like the NFL. We should unionize this. We should be more like uh, the NFL. Does Nick really mean that? Or is Nick kind of sending a cryptic message like, hey, I can't raise as much money as some of the schools I'm about to be competing with to pay players? I, I think that's a little bit of both. I, I also think, too, you know, like a lot of coaches, they're frustrated with what's going on with NIL and everything like that. And they're frustrated with the fact that there's, you know, 60, 70 different laws out there, you know, I mean, and, then, and that, you know, it, it's a struggle to, to figure out. And, he, and he's looking over the, the landscape and he's seeing lawsuits going on at several different states right now. And he's seeing the federal government, you know, with, with bills being thrown to them that they're not even proposals being thrown to them that they're not even interested in looking at. So, you know, maybe in his mind, it's like, listen, maybe it'd be easier for all of us if we just unionize, you know, I mean, the players, you know, put them into some sort of, you know, uh, a structure that, that we can all kind of, you know, have some sort of, uh, you know, uh, regulation on and, and move forward from that. You know, I, and, that's, and that's a big statement. You know, I mean, I, I think people kind of overlook that a little bit. That's, that's essentially saying, listen, I, I think amateur athletics is over with. Let's move on and, and, and get, take this next step. I also think I agree with you. I think he's looking around saying, Alabama isn't going to be able to make nearly as much money as some of the other programs, like the Texas maybe, and, 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 the, and the Ohio State and things like that. So we got to figure a way to kind of try to level the playing field a little bit. He's, Nick's a smart guy. He knows exactly what he's trying to do. So it's a little bit of frustration as well, I think, is what he's going out there. All right. Um, I, I shot this question here when we were emailing yesterday. Okay, uh, look around our state right now. We're about to embark on the 2023 season. Take a look at the major programs in our state. And in five years, which state coach is not at their current job? This was a good question. This had me going for a couple hours yesterday. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit, <laughs> I, was, I, went, I, went, I went around a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, listen, I, I think at the top of my list is Billy Napier. And, and the reason I say that is because, I mean, I think Florida fans have less patience, patience than a lot of people. Um, and I know believe me, Miami fans are just as, as, you know, as frustrated as well. But I think in Billy's case, if, if he goes two more years, um, and they don't win, you know, or they, they're not, you know, anywhere near as dominant as people want them to be. I think there's pressure on them. And you look at where the SEC is at right now. You know, you've got Georgia, you know, you've got uh, Tennessee going better, South Carolina's getting better. If all these other programs that for a while there you were dominating and keep getting better and you're not, um, it's going to be hard to, to, to be there. So I, I think I'm still good at the top of my list. Now, after that, I, I mean, it's interesting to me. I mean, Norvell, Mike's done a good job at, at Florida State. They had one great year, and it's shown progress. But if something were to happen and they take a step back for a year or two, and Deion Sanders, let's say, at Colorado has a really good couple of years at Colorado, starts to turn things around there, I think there might be a little bit of pressure on Norvell. I think with, you know, when you're looking at Mario Cristobal at Miami, they spent a lot of money to put Mario in that spot, you know, to get him out of Oregon and put him in that spot. Now, if, if things go south there, I mean, they have the money to get rid of him if they wanted to, but... I look around and think, look at who you've gone after the last three or four coaches. Where do you turn next? You went in you went looking for somebody who had ties to Miami. You went to someone outside of, of the program. Who do you bring in that you feel like is, is going to make a change? And then you look at Gus at, at, at UCF, and, and I thought about this a little bit. Listen, in five years, Gus is going to be 62. And I'm not saying Gus can't have the same energy and, and be great at 62, but 62 is, is you start to wonder, you know, how's everything going on? Maybe you've done enough. Maybe it's time to move on. Money's not going to be an issue with Gus. We obviously know that with the Auburn buyout. 
Um, and it's just going to rather be more because you feel like he's got the program in a great spot. So I still think Billy's the top of my list, but each one of those coaches kind of has their own set of parameters over the next five years that could really kind of influence what happens. Good stuff. Matt, uh, who knows? By the time we talk next week, maybe there's another great merger that happens in sports. So we'll see. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Mark. Matt Michelle covers college football and uh, much more for the Orlando Sentinel. Uh, is on Twitter at OSMattMichelle. Uh, again, the breaking sports news. Um, it's got nothing to do with the NBA Finals. And if you're not a golf fan, maybe you don't care. But I don't think anybody had this one. Uh, on the horizon. The PGA Tour announcing a merger with Liv um, to create a new entity. Some of those details still to be announced. But, um, and I, I, I read the release of the PGA Tour and a letter that somebody got that was sent to PGA players. And what I don't know is, is how involved the players board was. Like, were they updated along the way here? And a lot of these guys knew about this because I don't think you had these talks like over two hours and you get a deal done. Or guys like Roy McIlroy and others updated along the way. If they were not, I cannot imagine if you read the letter that Jay Monahan said, uh, sent the commissioner and they go, oh, yeah, this seems really cool. Um, so we trashed them and did the best PR job to say everything negative about them, and then we woke up one Tuesday in June and go, you know what? This is great. They're going to be the biggest investor in this new entity, and all that sports-watching stuff, I guess it just went away. Wow. Uh, more on that coming up. Uh, and also, uh, and Stefan sitting in for Scott today, you know, uh, I don't know if you watch, but... Um, I mean, you know the uh, American Ninja Warrior show? I do. On TV? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Guys doing a lot of things I could never do. Right. Um, uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, uh, Brian Birdset of uh, Sports Illustrated wrote this incredible cover story for them. There's a generation of these ninja athletes that have been created from the success of this show. Yeah. And the question is to lead to what? So now all these kids have have started taking this up, and uh, yet it's a business. There's injuries. They want it to be an Olympic sport. There's pro competition. It's crazy. Oh, wow. Ryan will get into the details when he joins us about 11.35. Today's Double Shot Tuesday, Songs to Tell a Story. The great Rick Springfield and Jesse's girl, Dr. Noah Drake on General Hospital. And she's watching with those eyes. And she's loving with that body. I just know it. The Game, FM, HD, online at 969thegame.com, on your phone with the iHeartRadio app, and on hundreds of devices like Alexa, Google Home, Xbox, and Sonos, an iHeartRadio station. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.